Bieber. This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. A mile away. <laughs> The army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German, forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. King It's about 5.07, almost 5.08. In fact, it's going to be 5.08 right exactly now. There you go. Talk about news and talk authority. We know our time, too. We're really good at that. What are you doing? Boy, the uh, Grammys were on last night. That was a lot of fun. First time I ever sat through them from start to finish. And don't worry, I'm not going to bore you with all the details. But you know what? There were some bright spots last night. Uh, Joni Mitchell, Billy Joel sang a song that no one wanted to hear. You know, I love it when uh, when old-time uh, players uh, from the last century, remember that last century? We got to go back there. We got we to gotta go back. <clears throat> uh, when they actually created music. Billy Joel was there looking like, uh, I don't know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Potato Head or something. And, and this is funny because anytime you ever gone, you have ever gone to a concert, this, this, is, this is the truth because they do a concert for a reason. Like the Who could be Billy Joel years ago. Even Paul McCartney, when, I, when my, Sharon and I saw him a couple years ago, they introduced music. That you don't want to hear. <laughs> it's like, you know, like Bob Seger back in the 90s came out with an album and he started playing music and that's when everyone took a dump or something. It's like, no, we, we didn't come here for what you're creating now after your 45th birthday. We're coming for what you created when you were on LSD back in the early 70s. Now that was genius. Billy Joel, on the other hand, he's, you know, he, he's, he's one of the greatest, of course, but he hasn't created a song in a long time. And he played a song and it's good. It's, it's one of those songs that's like... Uh, it's like one of those, it's like that Phil Collins song that never kind of gets into it. It's like it starts and it stays there, like Billie Eilish. It's the same thing. It's a dirge. I got red hair today and blue hair tomorrow. I'm miserable, but I'm making millions of dollars and I'm still miserable. Men suck! So uh, you saw all that, and not much controversy other than Jay-Z uh, bitching about how his wife with the cowboy hat didn't has never won album of the year. And he started talking about, you know, discrimination. You know, of course, you know, th- I mean, every artist up there on the stage and other than the white people in the first 10 rows, because they're associated with the networks and the, and the, and the record companies, white privilege, everyone there, they talk about black representation. Yeah, Jay-Z said, no, not enough rep- representation here. And it looked like he was something out of Predator with that haircut. What's that all about? But the Joni Mitchell thing, she's 80 years old and she sang that song. I forget the name of it, but she always... She always sang songs back in the day, coming of age, beautiful woman. She actually played up here at the Clayton Opera House not that long ago. 
And that was a moving moment, especially when they showed uh, Meryl Streep and her daughter or her granddaughter. I can't, I can't. I don't know who's who anymore. Meryl Streep was there because her son-in-law, nice Irish fella, he was there, whatever, collecting some award. He wasn't wearing socks for some reason. It looked like he was in his pajamas. Uh, and then they did a tribute to Tina Turner because that's why Oprah was there. Then they did a 16-minute tribute to all the people that died. And you know what? I thought that was very, very well done. 16 minutes, uh, you know, dedicated to um, – and then they would stop and then change performers to reflect on uh, the deceased, you know, another big name that died in 2023. Except at one point, Gordon Lightfoot was barely mentioned at the very tail end of one of the groups. I'm like, come on, can't you? That's Gordon Lightfoot. You should do a little bit longer on him. You're never going to have enough for everybody. But Gordon Lightfoot, come on. That's, I know he's an old white guy. He's from Canada, and you don't give a crap about him because he didn't sing hip-hop. And 99% of the people born after 1985 never heard of the dude. But you should have put him in there. So, uh, yeah, Joni Mitchell, the 16-minute tribute. Uh, um, um, uh, Taylor Swift got there late fashionably. She stood up most of the time, kissing ass. Uh, she gets an award the first time, tells everyone it's her 13th award, doesn't thank anybody, and at the same time says, oh, I got an album coming out in April and leaves. Then she gets album of the year, which is what Jay-Z was bitching about earlier, and uh, she goes up there, and here it is, it's Celine, De- Celine Dion. And by the way, Celine Dion, who I, I thought was on her deathbed, and, and actually looked like she was on her deathbed when she came on the scene back in the 80s. I thought she'd be definitely on her deathbed. Now she actually looked great. She looked maybe better than I've ever seen her. So I'm like, whoa, what happened there? Something, you know, someone prayed to the, uh, the French Canadian gods and she looks great. So she's there presenting the last award. And that's the biggest. That's like best picture. Best, best, and the categories are crazy. Best pop artist, best record, best second record, best vinyl record. I, I, don't, I don't get it. So um, uh, um, Taylor wins it. She goes up there, and it's painfully obvious that she just grabs the award and goes right to the podium. Barely looks at Celine Dion. And now today there's a battle over it, like, oh, no, she was just caught up in the moment. She had to act surprised. No, she loves seeing She She had a picture of her afterwards. Of course she had a picture of her afterwards because someone probably, a publicist probably said, you know what, you should really get a picture of you and Celine Dion, you blew her off up there. I hope you know that. You're fired. Okay, I'll do it. So that was last night. It went on. It went on beyond 11 o'clock. The people over there at Channel 11, or Channel 7, rather, were looking at their watches. Hey, come on. I don't want to do overtime again on a Sunday night just because of lousy ceremony. Next week will be the Super Bowl, so they're going to have to wait again. <clears throat> so anyway, that was our experience last night. We saw it with friends, and it was a good time. It really was. Highlights here, there, anywhere. If you want to talk about it, by all means. Give us a shout. Remember the number here, 755-1240. 755-1240. So typically I talk about what I did over the weekend, and uh, I'll be real quick about this, but there's certain things in life that you got to, you know, it's small steps, you know, small steps. And I've had a, a, a broken inversion machine now for at least four months since October, and I still don't know why. So an inversion table, real quick, there's no electricity. It doesn't plug in the wall, but you hang upside down like a bat from your ankles. Sounds kinky. It's not. Maybe you could do kinky things on it, but at the end of the day, I did it because of uh, my issues with my lower back, my neck problems, and my sciatic years ago, which went away almost instantly. If you have sciatic and issues, inversion table. Believe me, trust me. Don't spend a ton of money on chiropractic unless you truly have to. Get this. You'll never regret it. 
But like they say, water's never appreciated until the well runs dry. Now this damn thing won't work because I can't strap my ankles in it anymore because the back hinge broke. And I'm like looking at it. It's flipping over and, and it's just getting to the point. It's in a dark room to begin with. I don't know where the flashlights are because I'm so incompetent. So one day, about I'm going to say about a month ago or so, I found a screw. And I'm like, oh, is that something I should be paying attention to? And I see this screw and I'm like, oh, okay. If I line up this hole with this it will secure the straps so I can use this again. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, but the screw won't go in. It's, why is this screw here? So I'm turning into Lieutenant Columbo again. I'm trying to, why is this happening? And I'm pushing and I'm pushing and, and, and I'm, I, got my, uh, I got my screwdriver. I got a bigger screwdriver. I'm pushing it. I'm, Sharon's got it on one end. Here it is. We're trying to get a screw into something that won't go into one tubular metal into the others so it's secure. It's hard to explain, but the head of of the screw is supposed to secure it on one side or the other so it, it, it won't flip on itself, on its axis. And then finally, I looked at the screw and I realized the screw is broken. Because of the pressure over the, I've had this thing for 15 years, the pressure, it broke. So a good, a good chunk of the screw is broken. All I had to do is just be Columbo, look at, the, look at the tip of the screw and realize that it's broken. That's why it doesn't have enough length so I go to the hardware store. I'm sitting there. I'm singing to the music above me. Todd Rungring is on. Hello, it's me. And I'm thinking, I'm grabbing. I bought like five screws, four of which didn't even come close. I said, like, I'm not going to be an idiot and buy one screw here and go back and forth looking for the right screw. I, I, I blew $1.25 on, on screws. And then sure enough, one of them did work. And I, I, you know what? I know this is crazy. Other people build houses, other people fix cars, other people put people back together again. I felt so accomplished when I did that. And today, for the first time, I did my crunches again. There's something to be said about accomplishing something. I think it was even our friend, uh, Round Earth Donnie, as, uh, as Jeff Graham referred to him today. He said, shoveling your, 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 you know, your front porch or your, or your driveway or... Something many times Glenn Curry doesn't do, even despite the fact that he's got a snowblower. It is a sense of accomplishment. There's something to be said about actually taking on a task and figuring it out. And, and Sharon and I did that this past weekend. And right when I did it, I said, you know what? I'm going to share this story with everybody on Monday. And I just did. Isn't that enlightening? I, I, now I can do my crunches again over one lousy screw that cost 35 cents. I actually thought at one point to actually bring someone in the house to look at it, to figure it out. But I finally did. A broken screw. It's incredible. So, all right, I'm sorry. I talked too long. Someone was there, 755-1240. Uh, other things over the weekend, uh, as we, you may or may not know, uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz has his own show. It's called Two Mics Live. It's on Rumble. And he does it three times a week. And Friday, he invited me once again to go on the show. I do it from my, uh, from my attic. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's uh, you know, doing this, this show for so many years, and, and Jeff can attest to this too. It's, 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 it's interesting being on the other side. Uh, so that was on, we, we talked at length for a good 25 minutes. He does a, a Friday night, kind of like a free-spirited show. It's a podcast. Uh, he does it on a, a, a kind of like a Zoom platform. It's called uh, StreamYard. It's, very good, it's a very good program. It's excellent, one of the best. And it looks very professional, so forth. And it's he and another Mike and Kelly, and uh, and then they invite people like myself, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And I've said that, and I, I I've told Mike this. I said, listen, 
you know, what you know about everything that went, even you were the first one to say something's up with the COVID, uh, just the whole, even prior, a year or so prior to the vaccinations. But now uh, with these crazy stories of people dying suddenly, and I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but something's definitely up, clearly. And I, I, I say if there's one person that is uh, an authority on this, and there's others, don't get me wrong. I mean, we have a lot of smart people in this world. But uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz represents someone that the mainstream media doesn't want to interview. But because of the nature of podcasts, because of the nature of the success stories of uh, Joe Rogan and whatnot, and many others, Steve Bannon, uh, Michael's future is, is the sky's the limit with this, with this guy. And I mean that. I'm not just saying that. Uh, because, and again, we talked about other things. We, he, he actually asked me about the, the guy, Joey Johnson, that was on the show, this show last Friday, who was on Jeopardy last week. He went down to Los Angeles in December, won $5,600, explained his experience. I had a lot of fun talking to Joey Johnson. Seems like a very, very friendly guy. He's on top of things. And uh, he had a dream, and he took it. He actually said someone dared him to go on uh, Wheel of Fortune. He went. Uh, he applied. He did did what was necessary. It's not an easy process, apparently. You have to be competent. It's, I mean, you, you know, you one thing you look at Jeopardy as well. If you're going to get on Jeopardy, you got to be smart. You have to have an SAT score of at least 1600. And by the way, 1600 is the number one score, unless they've changed it since I was in there. But you got to be really intelligent, yeah, and quick. And just have to know a little bit about everything. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a scientist. One of the better players back in the 80s was a, was a postman from, I believe, the Bronx. And he was wiping everybody out. That was back in the days where they, they had a limit of five games or, or, or less. You couldn't go on like Ken Jennings did for like, I don't know, 37 games or James. But uh, so anyway, that was a great show. And uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz mentioned that on this. Hey, I see you got it. It's funny because... He believes that he knew the, one of the other three contestants on the same show, apparently someone that he knows from New Jersey. It's a small world. It truly is. It's amazing how things like that can happen. You know, how, many, how many contestants show up any given year on any given game show? And here it is. Uh, we knew two people from the same game show on the same night. There was somebody here. 755-1240 is the number if you want to chime in by all means. Uh, that was my weekend. I had a couple of things uh, set up here. Rachel Maddow, I must have missed this. She was on uh, the Stephen Colbert show. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, just to paraphrase, she was they, she they, she's Jewish, by the way, Rachel Maddow, and she was talking about October seventh, and 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 Stephen Colbert says, well, you know, what 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 does October seventh mean to you and the future of America? And she related it to fascism, because she just came out with a book about you know fascism and World War Two and Nazism. And, of course, all in relation to, as Whoopi Goldberg would say, you know who, former President Donald Trump. So he asked her, he said, well, what, you know, how does this relate to Hamas? And never, or he, he didn't say Hamas, excuse me, he said October 7th. It's important for me to say that. He did not say that. Uh, but she went on and on and on. I wish I could have it queued up for me. Maybe I can get it on the second half of the show. But she never said the word Hamas. She never said Palestinians. She never said uh, Hooties, although back in November, no one who knew who Hooties were. She just said, uh, this is a form of fascism and that we must put this to a stop. So somehow or other, and you could read between the lines, you know where I'm going with this. You know, here it is, a Jewish woman uh, who absolutely detests uh, uh, American Christians, particularly male heterosexuals. Somehow or other, in, in, in the face of asking a question about her own people, 
related it right back to Donald Trump. We can't have fascism in our country. It's dangerous. No mention of Hamas, no mention of women being brutalized, raped, killed, hacked to death, babies taken as hostage. No, it's fascism. We got to stop this. Incredible, folks. It really is. Go to the phones. Hi, you're in the air. Dallas. Someone was there. If you want to call back, by all means, like uh, Jeff Graham would say, uh, well, if you call up a radio station, don't you think, uh, well, you would stay on the radio, on the phone. 755. Today, uh, Jeff was talking to uh, our friend Donnie out west. Donnie had some profound questions, and then... um, it's, it's so obvious when, when Mayor Jeff Graham doesn't want to talk to somebody. How's the weather out there? Hey, look, I got to go. Okay, bud? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then someone, someone challenged uh, Jeff today, and that's fine. People challenge me here. I get it. That's the nature of this. But Jeff wasn't happening. He wasn't having it at all. And, and Jeff gets to the point where he's, all right, listen, bud. Okay, bud. That's not what I said, bud. <laughs> it's good. Good stuff. Great radio, Jeff. Real good stuff. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, there you are, Glenn. It's uh, Tim. Tim, you were you were controversial today, apparently on the uh, on the yeah. Highland show. What's going on there? Yeah, I, well, I guess I was called racist, but right, right. That's, that's not my call, though. Um, of course, your caller Danny there, he called after. Well, I you got to talk up, Tim. You're a little low. Talk up a little louder. Go ahead. Yeah, I was uh, Danny. He called after I did to say that uh, he was concerned about my bipartisan uh, hmm. statement. Okay. Um, can you hear me okay, Glenn? Yes, I can. What was your bipartisan statement? What did you say? Well, about the um, the bill that's on the, on the floor. Right, right, right. For the, uh, the migrant, right. yeah. That's, that's baloney, okay? When you read, when you're looking at that bill, there's about, oh, 4,000 people at one time, 5,000 people for eight days, and all this other baloney. Right. And when you're talking about bipartisan, he's talking about, uh, people that they got on their side are, are rhinos anyhow. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so and my point is, is he thinks it's a bipartisan bill for the border, which is already supposed to be under control. Right, it's supposed to be uh, under control all these uh, days and years. Mm-hmm. And here, they're finally admitting it's out of control. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then, um, well, they're not admitting that. I mean. Biden doesn't need some bill passed to close the border. All he needs to do is take the paper out that he he stopped Trump's executive order, put it back into place, and right. it's all said, mm-hmm. uh, uh, all done. Mm-hmm. It's all rectified. This is just a ploy by the Democrats, uh, political uh, stunt, to say uh, something about the border to blame other people when they turn it down the republican that's why it's out of control mm-hmm. because they didn't pass a bill mm-hmm. so it's just a big old stunt that and danny wants us to step back and believe that's baloney mm-hmm. right and he could try to spin it and justify right this is this is so stupid i, I can't believe the american people and you got you you have your news media right. fall for the same thing right they're all falling for it right it's unreal right. oh People don't have common sense to figure out mm-hmm. the read between smoke. What, right. what, what do you say on this? Well, first of all, uh, there's two sides to, uh, to this, and I did hear part of your discussion today, although I didn't hear all of it. But 
I uh, it it's hard it's hard for me to assess all this because the bipartisan bill obviously is to keep them here. This is, goes back to the dreamers, the people that got here legally. They've been here a long enough time. They've assimilated. They have children. They've gotten married. Whatever. They they have jobs, so they want to keep them here. That was years ago. Now now it's like now we've taken a couple of million dreamers uh, from 2017 to at least maybe as many as 20 million migrants here. The other side of the story that I can't stand that you heard Chris Christie and so many other people, even on the hotline show today, said, well, they should get here legally. He said, no, I mean, that's, that's crazy. That means you're just going to process them at the same rate, spend billions of dollars to do so. We should vet them and just explain, to, look, don't come all at the same time. Artificial intelligence is taking over the world, particularly the United States. Your, your, your life isn't going to be any better here. Look at, the, look at the video on CNN of what how people are living in midtown Manhattan right now. Do you want to go up to New York and just be another number that will be forced to, to, you know, to defecate in the middle of the street because you can't have a place to live for four months? Do you want to live in those conditions? Or wherever you're coming from, albeit uh, South America, Mexico, China, Russia, it can't be that bad. Because too many of you are coming over here at the same freaking time, and yet they are. I don't understand, Tim, why, and, I, and, and Kamala Harris was supposed to do this years ago already, where she was going to at least speak to the leaders in C- Central America and say, look, what's up? Why is your place so crappy that people are literally getting on their crappy Nike sneakers and walking 2,000 miles north? To another life. Why is that? Why can't people look at that, Tim? Why can't we go well, to the source and figure this out? I'll tell you why. There's free money here. Well, true. But what are they that's leaving? It. They don't but have to work. I mean, that's short-lived, though. Right, I know. And and I and I. But then then you hear someone like Danny today. Oh, this is the land of opportunity. You know, we're a land of migrants. We've always been built on this. It's like, this is the 21st century. This isn't—our country in the 1890s had less than 60 million people. Now we're over 300 million people in a very sophisticated society where every soul that walks into a city like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Seattle, Los Angeles is just another burden. Back in the days, you could come here at 30 cents in your pocket and have nothing but an opportunity to build a restaurant— do this, ride a, a bicycle, and, and make a couple of pennies a day. We just can't afford to do that anymore. And that's the difference. And they still, the dannies of the world will insist on going for the emotional attachment to it. Oh, gold, streets paved with gold. They're, they're running as refugees. They're running away from horrible societies. This is what this country is all about. We can't afford this anymore, Tim. That's the bottom line. That's my way yeah, of looking at it. It sounds to me like uh, this bill is kind of something fishy in the bill when they're saying they're putting a number on it, like 5,000. Mm-hmm. And when it exceeds 5,000 people, then then we stop everybody from coming in. But if they can keep under 5,000, right. then we just process. I, I don't know. It's, I, it's, it's, and even when it gets through, um, you know, and I think Jeff or someone said it today, they're just trying to get some type of bill, a bipartisan bill, where everyone's happy. All the Romney Republicans are happy. The Schumers are happy. They deliver it to the president. He knocks out like 80% of it anyway, and they get what they want. And what they want are future Democratic voters that eventually will move to the rhino districts of New York State, of Illinois, and other places, so that eventually, by the year 2030, they can have a, a big grasp of the House of Representatives. That's the way I look at it. They're not doing well, like, any like, themselves help by living in New York City. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I mean, Joe Biden, he could do it himself. He doesn't need that bill. 
No, of course not. He doesn't need anything. And by the way, you know this, Tim. You, you have a better grasp of what's happening in this country than Joe Biden is. He's not running things. Barack Obama is running things right now, along with the Beltway and his wife. Well, I hope the listeners are, are, are listening, that uh, even the Democrats just say, you got you to wake up and you got to get back. We don't have any Democrats kind of, listening uh, to this show. <laughs> That's the... say, I'll let you go. go All right, thanks, Tim. Thanks. That's uh, Tim the Enchanter, the racist. No, I'm kidding. Hi, right, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. How are you doing today? It's Lefty. Well, you and, you and Tim had a little talk as though you were talking about something that's happening. There isn't an immigration problem. There hasn't been for the last decade. We're being invaded. This is an invasion. This is organized on many levels. This is financed. This is an invasion. You don't... You don't believe that? Well, I mean, you, you call, call, call it what you want. Point? Wait, wait, wait. All right, you're going to say something. you gotta, you got to hear me out. Call it what you want. It, it's an immigration problem, an invasion. You say, you say tomato, I say tomato. We're both saying the same thing. And, yes, I agree. This is a, this is, this is a, permit, a permitted invasion with a reason, with, with a platform. And the agenda is Democratic voters. I know what's going on here. You, you, we're on the same page. But there's not an immigration. We shouldn't be attacking that problem. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, they got to call it something. No, what you have to do is this is a government-to-government problem, and you have to hold the governments responsible. If they're coming through Mexico, you have to hold Mexico responsible. If not, we cut off ties with Mexico. But the same thing with Canada. You don't think Canada would cut off ties with us immediately like they did during COVID? Everything was done. Everything was sealed and delivered immediately. That's what we have to do. It's like whatever border they're coming in. We're protected pretty well. There's mountains, there's oceans, there's all kinds of things that are hard to come through for an invasion on foot. But where we're letting them in isn't necessarily the problem. We have to get to the governments and hold them responsible. Say, everybody that comes in here that we catch is going on your dime back to you. You you know, don't let them out of your country. Don't let them through your country. All right, so let's 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 let's, let's be reasonable about that, Lefty. Let's go to the dictator down there in uh, in Venezuela. And say, hey, can you stop unleashing all the people from your prisons and 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 ushering them up here for opportunity? Can you stop doing that? Do you think that what's his name, Malvado? I can't remember his name. Do you think he's actually going to come to the table and negotiate something like that, Lefty? You you don't give him the option of that. You hit him where it hurts. We finance all these countries. We start making we start making statements that this is where the finance stops. This is the reason. This is what you need to do to qualify for it. We're not going to go down there and kill the people. They're dying on their own. So, it's, by, it's by not, the way, it's not like we're, we're not getting invaded from China right now that's trying to take over the country. Well, all these nations are, including Canada, are doing nothing to protect it whatsoever. Right. Well, again, they all have to be held responsible. Right. I Here's a staggering statistic uh, Gary McCullman who is a well-known uh, radio man. I don't even know if Gary's alive anymore, to tell you the truth. But I remember talking to him about 20 years ago, 18, 19 years ago. And he had a staggering statistic. He said in the early 2000s, there were more non-indigenous people living in Canada than there were people that were actually born there. Now, again, that was in the early 2000s. Now, with, with the rash of people since then uh, from all over the world moving to Canada, including the Asians uh, out to the West particularly, and, uh, and the Pakistanis, Afghanistan, so forth and so on, uh, it, it's, it, 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 they're to the point where they don't care whether or not their heritage is lost, 
uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Trudeau, is, is they're just trying to change the culture and the climate and the skin color of the entire continent. And they're being very successful at it. And by the way, as far as uh, 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 Venezuela is concerned, Lefty, uh, we're, the reason why gas is, is, is around $3 and in some cases under $3, we're buying a good, we're importing a good deal uh, amount of, of oil. Uh, uh, from from Venezuela in the last three years, so we're not going to stop that relationship, and I, I can't imagine uh, Joe Biden's going to stop we, them. We can't we can stop it immediately and use our own oil. We can stop that in a heartbeat. We don't want we to. Tell them that, right. And then we can tell them that there's nothing that's getting piped by us by anywhere near us. We're not going to allow that anymore. We can lay down the law if we've got the balls to do it. We, we don't. don't we don't. Do we don't want to do that. Right Lefty wants to do that. I want to do that. The majority of the people, minus uh, uh, Danny Francis, wants to do that. But it's anything that makes sense, anything that's good for America in our best interest will not happen. Michelle Obama would not do that. She would just as soon get dirty oil from countries like Russia and Venezuela before she steps, sticks one stick of, of – uh, or digs up one uh, a strand of dirt uh, here in America to, to uh, uh, look for new oil wells. That's the way they are. That's the way it is. They want to eliminate the culture. They, they, we built the house here all, all, from the West. We crossed the oceans first. We built this country. And now they're going to say, nope, you, you, you are oppressives. You oppressed us. You, you took occupied land. Uh, and you are, uh, you are white supremacists. Now you've got to go. So thanks for building everything. Thanks for building the greatest country in the world. Now get the frig out. That's the way it is right now, Lefty. You know that. We can't fight this anymore. I've gotten to the point, Lefty, and, and I've been thinking about this, particularly this afternoon. I don't know if – I don't even know if we should be fighting anymore. And I know I sound so defeatist in nature, and I'm sorry, folks, but it just seems like I'm just waiting to see what the hell these guys are going to do. I keep hearing that by May by or June – uh, Joe Biden's going to announce he is not running for a re-election, just like uh, 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 Johnson did back in the 60s on 60 Minutes with Roger Mudd. I will not seek re-election. That's going to happen this May or June. They don't want to do it now because he becomes a lame duck president. And then Michelle Obama steps in. And all these polls, and you know the polls are saying that Trump is winning right now, Lefty. You know that by at least in some cases five, six points. All of a sudden, that completely goes in the other direction, and we're right back to square one again, where we're behind this, uh, the eight ball, and by the time the election day rolls around, Trump's either in jail, he's out of trial, doesn't win anyway, and Michelle Obama takes the rungs for the next eight years. It's very discouraging when you hear news like that, Lefty, but it seems like that's where we're going. I don't think she can win, and I, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I've seen Tucker report that. I've seen all the memes. We all see that. Yeah. It's like... It's, it's, it's a, something that's a possible story. One thing that you kind of neglected to, to add into the picture when you're talking about Canada, though, is two things. Yeah. One, the amount of oil they have available. Right. pressure was put on them, they'd have to get it. They could be an ally. They'd have to be. And right now they have one of, if not the strongest, immigration plans themselves. If you want to go there, you have to have a certain amount of money, you have to have a career that you're moving into, and you have to be able to prepay taxes for the first few years. Well, God bless That's them. one of the things Good that plan. they do. Yeah. We need to do the same thing, or we need to hold them responsible for the things that they're doing incorrectly. They're letting as many people through as Mexican as. It's just one of those It's one of those things that you just don't see in the papers, you don't notice, because everybody that's coming in... So you're saying that you're saying that they're getting a better qualified uh, migrant or immigrant to their country than we are. Sure. Oh, sure. We take all of them. They have to, with their criteria. That's why they get all the doctors that are good up there. Uh. You know, they get everything. 
Hmm. They get all the people in because they're very, very choosy, and their immigration is very slow. You're, you're just painting a, a broader picture because they're, you know, they're bringing in uh, mostly like Indians, Pakistan, Asian. Right. That's they're bringing in. Well, those are the people that are career oriented and are serving their country well, and they're happy to be in Canada. Right. And eventually, they move into the U.S. Hmm. But yeah. we, we don't necessarily take those people ourselves. They don't take the bottom. But they let the bottom go through. They don't protect their border from people coming through to. Well, they don't have. They, they, they only protect it. Well, they don't. They're, they're by by proxy, obviously, but by, by uh, where, uh, geography, uh, their location is uh, two thousand miles away from the uh, from the southern border, so they don't have to wor- worry about that. But listen, I gotta go. I gotta do a break. I gotta be like Jeff Graham and, okay. and blow you off. All right, thanks, okay. man. Bye bye now, don't you know? Uh, that's uh, Lefty. This is the Live at Five Show. Got to do a break. You listen to the Live at Five Show. We'll be back. You've been hearing about Harridge's contracting, and now your roof is. Lo- we will make you huge. You know, tomorrow I got someone coming in. I'm trying to find his name. Where is it? We're getting a um, a skateboard park, and now I can't. Oh, here it is. It's right in front of me. His name is. His name is Ryan. Ryan Nichols. Or Nicholas. Ryan Nicholas Star. I'll make him a big star. Um, I don't know where it's going to be, but it, I saw the illustration of it. It might be where it is right now at the Jefferson County Fairgrounds. This is something, obviously, that our friend and council person, Cliff Olney, has uh, been uh, eager to talk about. And uh, once again, it looks like money's coming from the foundation. That's the Northern New York Community Foundation. And uh, our Nicholas Starr will be here tomorrow to talk about it. And uh, it's a lot of money. You know, the one that they have right now, is, it's, you know, it's just not enough. It's got, like, uh, wooden ramps. You know, the kids have fun there. Don't get me wrong. But uh, whenever you put on ESPN, you know, typically uh, against a football game and, you know, Oh, someone said it's going to be on Sewell Island. Our friend Satan just said it's going to be on Sewell Island. Interesting. That's an interesting place to put that. I didn't know that. So anyway, we'll find out more. And uh, yet another big project, um, my downtown news segment that you might have seen on News Junkie recently, a lot of people did, with Joe Foy, illustrates what's going to be happening to the old Strand Theater in Lower Franklin Street. That's just a tremendous project. I don't know what the full dollar amount is there. It doesn't really matter. It's just, it's, it's well needed. And I can't believe the amount of, of uh, support and excitement that that feature did. It's a two-minute feature. Me out down on the street there talking to Joe Foy. There's a lot left to the project. It won't be done until May, June. Uh, but when it is done, it's going to transform downtown once again. And I love doing that segment, too. Right there, you can see the, the Solar Building, which is our version of the Flatiron Building right there on Lower Franklin Street. What a great dynamic. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? It's the ordinance guy. Hey, uh, just to let you know, Danny is so wrong about everything about the border. Biden did 97 executive orders to undo everything Trump did. Right. And he said he would in, do that. In his first year. Right. First day. <laughs> and he's still going at it. Mm-hmm. This bill going through the Senate, going to the House, needs to be shot down. Danny thinks it's the greatest thing since white sliced bread. Right. Oh, can't say that. It's racist. <laughs> Why? White sliced bread? Yeah, the white bread. It's, yeah, you got it. No, no, sorry. Got to have wheat. Go ahead. Oh, well, no, white slice bread's made out of wheat. <laughs> or, or, ordinance guy, you know I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. It's a joke. It's but, a joke. No, this, is, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. 
they're allowing this many people coming in. It's off the hook. When Biden opens the doors to the fence and wells them open, you know, you can't argue with that. No. But but when you do, you call the racist or fascist, or uh, and you and you you're you're implying that there is some type of replacement agenda here. Do you look at? Are we being replaced, Ordinance Guy? In your opinion? Yes, we are. And why are we being replaced? In your opinion? Because the Democrats want to be in power forever. Right, right. The shortest distance. I'm sorry, Joe Biden has done more executive orders than any other president. Yep. He said he would not act like a dictator mm-hmm. he is a dictator well but his okay he does it by he right. does it by executive order exactly but what but if you speak to someone on that side of the political fence uh they would say oh, that no, he he was reversing uh, a lot of orders created by a dictator therefore he had to do it in order to get rid of the dictator before him you see where that's coming from no matter which way you yeah, look but- at it they're always going to have like, well, uh, you, you have a president with 70, 72 indictments against them. So yeah, you created them. Shut up. You're a racist. I mean, it's, they, they always have a reason, but all the reasons are created by themselves, all fabricated. You notice Just that like all the impeachment. these lawsuits are starting to fall apart? Right. Well, yeah, you got a woman who can't keep her, her skirt up uh, down there in Fulton County, Atlanta. Uh, and, and by the way, for the record, that's boy, the taxpayers' that, money. That guy's doing it for the money, and hopefully he's doing it in the dark because he's a much much better catch than she is. But that's just my opinion. Oh yeah, uh, no, I'm with you. Yeah, sometimes you got to you know you got to do it for the team, and it looks like he really is doing it for the team, and maybe he's doing it with a team. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that's falling apart. Uh, but he still has the uh, oh, and the uh, the EJ Carroll woman, whatever her name is, uh, yeah. the, the walking. No, that, that that is such. Uh, 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 I know. Keep it clean. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's a walking cadaver. And and by the way, I've I my friend, <laughs> my, my friend who's actually spoken to us on this show. She actually worked for her back in the nineties, and she showed me a couple of segments that she scoured the internet and found. She actually used to have her own little day today show, or whatever. She sat on a sofa, and she very bizarre. Even then, but back in the nineties, when you were bizarre, you didn't have a show. Somehow or other, she did. Now you could be bizarre and uh, and and win in court for eighty three million dollars, and be no more than eighty five pounds. But uh, it, it, she's very yeah. strange, very strange woman. But I, all I can say is, you, whatever we say, they're going to counteract that and say we're nuts. But you want to tell me why we are buying Venezuela dirty oil? We're buying from Iran. Yeah, and, and we're supposed to be bombing the Russia not out of them. Right. Well, because we 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 are the country of we have an administration that likes to appease. Uh, we lost three soldiers to a drone attack, and it took us six days to react. And we threw and we by the way, all the missiles that we sent, we sent out eighty five, and in less than twelve hours, yep. uh, we warned each and every one of our enemies where they were going. Why oh, are we warning them? Uh, because we want to make. Because remember, and I said this the other night on Mike's show. Barack Obama is running the country. He's running the world. This is his agenda. If it were Donald Trump, this would not be happening. Donald Trump's not a president. That's why it's happening. You see, does that make and any I'm sense? Sorry, I got to go to one of your people uh, that is early in the morning. Yeah. Under Donald Trump, right. there was no war. Right, right. And Nobody died in Afghanistan or Iraq right. or anything. And, and yeah. Now we're into what? Three? Uh, Three wars well, under Joe Biden. Well, uh, count the wars. We really only have two. We got we have Israel. Well, we have Ukraine. Yeah, but still, we have conflicts. Yeah, we have conflicts. Yeah, but it's two. It's not three. But neither here nor. And again, like I said earlier, 
they'll use their mistakes against Donald Trump. Now they'll say, well, it, we're at, it's a war world, a war rather. Do you want Donald Trump to be uh, the president of the United States when we have two conflicts? I said, that's my point. Yes. You exactly. started them and now to, you're going to use it against down. us. Yes. You see how that works? They create havoc and they said, well, now we can't have Donald Trump. Now, look, we, we're at war. So, yeah, but you got us into war. No, no, no. He's just going to throw fi- uh, gasoline in the fire. Uh, no, he's going to calm it down. He's going to put the. Whenever I hear, whenever I hear someone, whenever I hear someone say we don't want to disrupt the Iranians, it's like it's it's it's, it's like you know it's like disrupting the the Red Hat Lady Club. I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's a bad example, but they're not a physical threat. They're not. They might be a threat to Israel to some degree, but Israel will just overpower them anyway plus they have the iron dome to protect themselves but anyone who thinks that iran is actually a threat to us other than the only threat that we have in the and we realize now that russia is the big old uh, bully that uh, that doesn't have any balls or for that matter any toes left they've lost 300,000 soldiers in a little more than uh, less than two years by the way 300,000 soldiers that's six times more than what we lost in Vietnam over the course of over 10 years. And we were supposed exactly. to be afraid of them. The only people I'm afraid of, and you know where I'm going with this, my friend, is China. China has too many yep. people that are just dedicated to s- destroying us. They're already doing it with TikTok. And they don't care about that. And they people. don't care about their discipline. They have 50 agents, to any, every one of ours, to combat uh, um some 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 uh, uh, methodology of overtaking our grid by way of, of viruses and so forth. We're not prepared oh, for yeah. these bastards, and we're appeasing them. Uh, we say they're great people. Oh, they, look at what they're doing. Oh no, uh, it didn't come from Wuhan. No, it came from Europe. Came from white people. Shot up. You're a xenophobe. No, and we and just even, can't win. Even Fauci is a liar. Yeah, well, well, even Fauci. Of course, we've known that for years now. But thank you, my friend. I got to take another call. But I appreciate okay. your phone calls. Not a word. Thank you. That's ordinance guy. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, how's it going? Oh, my God. You're alive. It's SG calling from California. Not Nevada right now, but, yeah, California soon, probably. So where have you been? Oh, Reno, Vegas area. Vegas area. What? what you, you, you're looking at some uh, atomic... Are they blowing up uh, some nuclear weapons out there? I mean, what are you talking near Vegas area? You're either in Vegas or you're not. Where are you near Vegas? Yeah. I'm in Henderson, which is very near Vegas. <laughs> uh, okay, so you know people there, like Mark Chavette, who sings the uh, the opening jingle to this song, to this show, rather? No, no, I don't know Mark. I don't really know anybody in the area currently. I've meeting people, you know. So just I just, I just, warmer. <laughs> I just, it's, it's just like you, you like David Jansen in uh, in the, the Fugitive. Like you just go from one town to the next, and not knowing where you're gonna go. I look at a map. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, like Check where are you? Where it. are you living right now? In a Motel Six? No, I I rented a little like a little micro part, small apartment, and then, you, know, you know, it's got everything I need. It's got a washing machine, dryer, and cooking stuff. So, you know, I'm, you know, okay. I need. It's like and just checking out the area. See, I don't know where I want to live out west. I just you know, I have my I have my family. I got I do have some relatives in Vegas. I I don't aren't close to yet, but I mean, I've never lived close to them before. They're All right, so it's people. February now, so you're, pl- and you're going to continue going west, like Horace Freely told everyone, to uh, go west, young man, you're going to go to California next, or well, what? Well, I got friends, I got friends in L.A. that are expecting me. Ooh, L.A. So, like, yeah. so I, I figured probably, I got to hear the 22nd, and i probably head over that way, I, unless mm. 
something else catches my eye before. I mean, I, I love San Diego, but it wasn't a play. I almost went to San Diego, and then they got flooded out. Thanks, thanks right, 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 right. And then, of course, this weekend is the uh, Taylor Swift's coming to town to see her boyfriend win in the uh, Super Bowl. Oh, sorry, uh, play in the Super Bowl. Uh, where his team will win by at least 12 points. So are you going to go to the Super yeah, Bowl now cool. that you're right there? Or are you gonna... No, I think I want to stay right out of Vegas that weekend. Maybe uh, head in another direction. You know, some ghost towns and things, neat things around here. I tell you what, you know what? It's a great time to rob a bank in, uh, in Ve- or, or a casino. It's right there in the Super Bowl. Because, sir, I'm not, by the way, I'm not kidding. It's like Ocean's Eleven. I mean, you might as well rob. Everyone's going to be paying attention to the game. You might as well rob the... You know, you know, uh, 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 I don't know, the Flamingos, whatever. It's a perfect time. So have you been listening to the show? I'm still using the cane, man. I'm not going to pull off any ice. <laughs> well, who knows? you can use that to your advantage. So let me ask you, you've been listening to the show, particularly today. I'm assuming you have access to it. No, no, this is like, I think, maybe the second or third time I actually caught it since I've been gone. Yeah, and and you hate every word of it, you, you, you know, despite well, the... it was like nothing new under the sun right. as of today's show. I mean, it was like... <laughs> like you do know we're the we're the number one oil producer in the world currently. Yeah, yeah. still well, complaining about the oil. You know, it's like, come on. Right. Well, no, you're there. absolutely no. I got to give you credit there because yeah, he, uh, it's an election year, and there's a reason for that. It's an election year. It, as long as he keeps gas in the area of uh, three dollars or less, um, that that people will look at him favorably. But I could just tell you this much: every time I go to the grocery store and fill up, uh, you know, our and I know this sounds cliche now. But it's it. We're spending at least thirty to forty percent more than what we did uh, when Donald Trump was president. And quite frankly, SG, you under a fixed income, you must feel that as well, no? Or you just oh, don't God, eat no, anymore? I'm I'm, I'm I'm at a very good level fixed in, income. So oh, yeah, God. I mean, I'm I'm staying at ho- last year. I stayed pretty much at hotels. Living in Vegas, so yeah. Like, God, <laughs> it's like like this year. Probably I'm, getting laid too. For to stay in, in the little. Like, uh, you know, monthly rental places that are all over the country now. So, right. I mean, um, I mean it's, right. Got, it's better. I mean, staying in those places just a long Yeah, long but you know what? Richard Richard Speck were, lived that way. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. I mean, you're going from, you know, a microtel to a microtel with, with, with electric, you know, stoves and whatnot. I, I'm worried well, about I, you, SG. Until, until I find the right spot, and then that's where I'll be, man. I... I I just, you know, I'll probably find the right girl, and that's where I'll be as well. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Well, yeah, you got to go to China for that. Oh, just go to San Francisco. They'll come to you, hang out with Stallwell. I, I mean, like, you go to the dating pages out here, and you can't even get to the end of the pages of Asian girls. It's not like up there. They're like unicorns up there. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Well, they know where the money and power is. It's certainly not in Watertown. No, it's, it's, too damn, it's too damn cold. And, yeah. And, if they break up with their man, they're heading to warmer climate usually. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, look what uh, Jason Trainer just did. They just left town. Oh, did they? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm telling you, if they have the choice, they do not want to. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. He's not listening right now. Glenn, I want to tell you something. They put up with it because you know, it's like. That's what their husband wants to be. That's right. what they'll be. But it's like, here's the deal. I, I get married to you. I move to your podunk town. I look for a job uh, in a town filled with xenophobes that won't hire me. And then that will force us to move to a, a warmer climate like South Carolina or other areas where there's a little bit of snow. That's all Glenn Curry knows. And then I control the, 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 our destiny that going forward. And then Lieutenant Colombo shows up at the crime scene and asks questions to uh, how his wife got here to begin with. No, I'm just kidding. 
Okay. <laughs> SG, it's always good talking yeah. to you. It's always good talking. Well, what I just want to say is yeah. I've been telling people, when, I, when they were trying to build the dog park at Factory, people were saying they wouldn't go there because of the location and, you know, the drug, you know, that's kind of drug alley there. Right. And people aren't going to let their teenage kids off to go play at the skate park there. It should be at Thompson Park. Have something for the whole family. Well, tomorrow, I tell you what, SG, tomorrow, call in. Uh, his name is Ryan, and he's got a dream. Yep. He's got some money from the foundation, from uh, 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 philanthropic money. Uh, so just like I, uh, I 100% support them, but it's like my, my idea with the dog park and whatever is making Thompson Park your one stop shop. For yeah, I know, so but something's got to be done so with Sewell no, Park. No, we have no, way too much money in Thompson Park. For, so there's something there for everybody. Right. And, and like, there's nothing there for the teenagers. A skate park would be a wonderful thing for them. To well, and then I, I, the family yeah. can have a picnic lunch, you know, when when they all go to their own areas and do their own thing, and then right. come back and have a family picnic up there. All right. and it, it makes right. Call up tomorrow. Well, anyways, call up <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, okay. I'll charge you, man. I'll charge all right, you. All right. All right. That's okay. SG. All right. Good hearing from you. That's SG calling from Henderson, Nevada. Hi, you're in the air. Oh, we got some uh, music here. It's good stuff. Yeah, this is from Alabama, by the way. I love you, Glenn. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. There you go. Well, you know, we have a fan somewhere, and uh, he just played that love that lovely song from Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. All right, so this is CNN host. Uh, he used to be, uh, uh, I think his name is John Johnson. or It's not Doug Johnson. There used to be two Johnsons. It was like, uh, mem- remember, there were two correspondents from WABC TV 7 back in the day. One was John Johnson. The other guy's name was Doug Johnson. Doug was black. And, and if that sounds familiar, it should, because uh, from the original Die Hard, they had the two FBI guys whose last names were Johnson, too. One was white, one was black. And he says, hi, this is uh, FBI agent Johnson. And then he would, you would hear a pause. He says, no, the other one. <laughs> so this is John Johnson, who used to be uh, in the police department. Then he became a car. Uh, well, actually, he was a correspondent first. Then he worked in the police department. Uh, and now he's a traitor for CNN. But this is what he says about the fate of America, as, particularly when it comes to the migrants in, in New York City. There is this one percenter, you know, criminal element that looks at a different opportunity here. These individuals, I went over their rap sheets yesterday, mm-hmm. multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. Uh, this particular crew operated on mopeds and scooters. They were doing organized retail theft. They were doing snatches on the street, iPhones, iPads, clothing, so on and so forth. Um, One of them that they are still seeking has 10 charges on one day because he's part of a pattern that's been going on. And I'm looking at the dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. So what the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail. Oh. Wow. It's incredible. So for some reason or other, that didn't record on my, uh, on my thing here. But that, did you hear what he just said? And, and that's kind of what I was talking about the other night, <clears throat> in that a lot of these people know they can't get away with these crimes in other areas. They're home, home countries like Venezuela, certainly in Russia or China. They can get away with it here. And they're stealing and robbing in uh, just in the short three-month period they've been in New York City, taking the loot and going to another city, uh, state, and spending it because they know they can't get away with it in Florida. That's what's happening right now. You know, they say, oh, boy, if you make it there, you make it anywhere. The Big Apple, great place to live, right? Yeah, they're a bunch of pansies. 
and they're being taken advantage of. Uh, and if this continues, which more than likely under Adams it will, under this regime, it might be one of the worst cities ever, and like it used to be back in the day. It's a shame. It really is a shame what's going on. All right, listen, we're down to the nitty-gritty. AM 1240, WETN Watertown. Makes us legal. Up next, CBS. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Monica Ricks. Nonstop rain has caused widespread floods, damage, and now at least three deaths in California. CBS LA reporter Rick Montanez is in hard-hit Beverly Crest. An entire home forced off of its foundation by mud flow and debris that came down around 2 o'clock this morning.